welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Okay, so today our focus is on the family, or more specifically, on your family. How can your family become more Christ-centered? How can you build stronger, more trustworthy relationships? And if there have been issues in the past, if there is stress and strain, how do we rebuild all of that in your family? That is the focus of today's podcast, and I know that we could talk about any number of things. There are a lot of factors that go into a home life, but in the end, I just want to share with you one. I call it the family secret. I think it is the most important element of every single family, and when you get this, if you will buy into this with me, the results will come. When I reveal it to you, you might be thinking, that's not a secret, but I don't know. It seems like it stays hidden. When people talk about what the family needs and long lists are made, this is not mentioned very often, and yet I think it should be number one on the list. Now, before I reveal that to you, let me just say that episodes on the family are not easy. We do them occasionally, but I actually find this quite challenging because every family is different. Your family does not look like mine. It doesn't have the same history, the same construct. They just don't look the same. And of course, if you zero in on each member of your family, each one of them is unique with a unique set of character traits, different from you, different from one another, and certainly different than my family. However, When you pull the zoom back just a little bit, you find that there are many ways in which our families are the same. Here is a short list that comes to mind. We love our families. You have a special connection with your parents or your children, siblings, and the like. You were born into that family. And even when it's rough, there is still a special connection. I feel that with mine and you with yours. Also, Your family is important. In fact, I would say all families are important. It is easy for me to argue that as goes the family goes just about everything else. Local churches are just made up of families. When they are strong, the church becomes strong. Communities, government officials, all of it made up of people in families, influenced by what goes on behind the front door. Statistics are overwhelming. I won't even give you any today, but I could give you dozens about our children and how they grow up and the kind of relationships that they build and the kind of education that they get, the level of success they enjoy, the depth of faith with which they live. And we try to tie that back to monetary factors, ethnicity factors, community factors, but the single strongest, I'm totally convinced of this, indicator of the success of a young person in adulthood is their family. Broken homes, dad is gone, lots of arguing, 
and the absence of God. Those are detrimental things to the development of the next generation. And yet, if we can stay together, love one another, and put Christ in the center of our homes, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that your children will become what God would have them be, but you're giving them every opportunity possible. And remember, they grow up to be parents, and Lord willing, grandparents, and the family just continues to feed off of what's happening right now. And by the way, that's a big indicator of the secret. The secret relates to the here and now, but it's not so much about when or where, but who. Please listen carefully to this next statement. The family secret that makes the most profound and important impact upon the people you love is you. It's you. You are that secret. Your input, your example, your attitude, the way you handle things, the depth to which the love of God lives in your heart is the single most important element for what happens in your family. There are a plethora of reasons why this is true. I'll give you a few. Firstly, and most obviously, the only person you truly have the power to change in your entire life is you. You can certainly influence and guide your family. You can make rules for your children. But you do not have full control over what they think or feel or say or do. The only person in your family you can change today, right now, is you. Secondly, while giving instructions and incredibly powerful lectures may feel good, they just don't do much to change people. Maybe they help some with children, but certainly not with those who are your equal, like siblings, or those who are over you, like perhaps a husband. But do you know what does change people? Example, the life you choose to live and the way you choose to live it. People naturally absorb the attitude of the room, the demeanor, the feel of it. And so what you set around you is taken in by those who are near you. There is so much biblical backing for this. I was thinking about the wives in 1 Peter 3 who might win over their unbelieving husband. How? By their gentle and quiet spirit, by their choices in modesty and godliness. In other words, she focuses on her relationship with God and the way that she lives her life. She's not spending her time lecturing him. She is disciplining herself, and look what can happen. God said, you can save them. When the Apostle Paul addressed fathers in Ephesians 6, yes, he said to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You've got to do some teaching. But he also said, do not provoke them to anger. I am entirely convinced that what he means by that is don't be a hypocrite. Don't tell them to do some things. We need to do this. I love how we use that editorial we. We need to become better Bible students in our family. We need to become more committed to worship. And then we turn it to, you guys need to, and we've already made two major mistakes. It starts with, I will. 
I will become a better Bible student to try and influence the people in my family to follow along. Telling them to do something you're not willing to do has never worked. And look, furthermore, if there is strain in your family, a lot of arguing, a lot of silent treatment, a lot of dirty looks, you know, somebody has to back down first. Maybe everybody wants to. I see this sometimes in family counseling sessions. But nobody's going to go first. They're waiting on the other person. The family secret is you. It's your willingness to go first, to apologize first, to say something kind, to do something kind first, to create a chain reaction wherein maybe the others were ready a long time ago, but they didn't have the strength to start. That's where you come in. Now, maybe you're listening to this thinking, I don't know, in my marriage, I'm still pretty sure it's 99% the other person's fault. You know what? You might be right. But I'm just here to tell you, you can waste years of your marriage barking about the 99%, or you can work on the power of the 1% that belongs to you. You can do something with that, and I am assuring you that the work you put in there will do more good than passionate complaint about the other person. I hear it, by the way, all over the scale. I hear people say it's 100% their fault. Some people are more self-deprecating and say, okay, it's 100% my fault. That is never true. Neither of those statements are true. In your family, everyone who is of an age of accountability is accountable. Everyone plays a part. They have a percentage of the pie. And that means that no matter what your age is, or how many justifications you have, or the laundry list of mistakes you're thinking about right now that the other person keeps making, none of it matters. That's not the secret. The secret is you. All right, all right, enough about you. Let's talk about me for a minute. I guess indirectly, it's really about you and me both. But let me take a few minutes and tell you about some things I've been working on over the past, I would say, three years. The Excel Still More podcast has been going a year and a half, so it's certainly intensified. But these are areas where I thought, you know what? I'm just going to focus on my development and making that development visible to my family and just see what happens. And it is because of the results that have come that I so confidently record this episode about the family secret today. First of all, I needed to work on my own faithfulness. Our family's just like every other family. I would love for my children to love God more. I would love for them to even more naturally put God first. I would love to see them praying more often and reading their Bibles every day. I would love to see them committed to service, and I certainly would love to see their light shine even brighter as they grow older. I think we all share those same desires for deeper faithfulness in every member of our family. But you know what I did? I kind of stopped talking about it. I didn't mention the need to pray or read the Bible or serve people. I just started doing it or at least doing it more. I started talking about God more in my living room. The kids got up in the morning and saw their mom and dad reading the Word. 
and praying over each meal. And while I am still a work in progress and have so many weaknesses, we try to just get a little better in serving and giving to people in need. Any idea what happened over the course of about 18 months? My two youngest children would just spontaneously sit on the couch with their Bibles in the morning and begin reading them, remind us to pray over dinner if we got in a hurry, and talk about people that they'd met who needed help. How did we get there? Because of lectures that I gave them? Sermons they heard their dad preaching? Newsflash, sermons don't do a lot of good in and of themselves, even if your dad is the preacher. I'm speaking for my kids on that. But when they see their dad working on himself, his attitude, his words, his actions, it feels right for them to follow along. So the first thing I would recommend if you want to see more faithfulness in your home is just work on your faithfulness personally, but especially the development of those things that are visible to even unfaithful mates or even teenagers who are disinterested, or parents who aren't serving God. Your conduct is the most powerful tool that you have. And look, even if there isn't much change, you are doing what pleases God, and you are reflecting Christ into the life of the people that you love, and who knows what impact that may have on their life even years from now. Here's a second way to get this secret going. The first one was personal faithfulness. The second one is taking personal responsibility for relationships. So now we are actually talking about the way that you interact with your spouse or your kids or your parents. It is probably really easy to list the mistakes that the other person is making, their tone, their attitude, their priority. But your ability to label those with color markers on a flowchart, that's not the secret. The secret is your part in it. Husbands need to understand, gentlemen, your actions affect her attitude. They are the part of the equation you can control. To the extent that you modify your approach, you begin to modify her reaction. Ladies, Your attitude will determine his response. The way that you approach him, the tone that you use, all of that works together to soften him or open him up. I tell this story all the time, but my wife, she's amazing at this. I remember years ago, she wanted me to mow the backyard. I just wouldn't do it. I'm laying on the couch watching golf or something on a Saturday She comes over and kneels down beside me and puts her hands on mine and whispers something in my ear. I don't even remember what it was. I black out, wake up 20 minutes later, and I'm mowing the backyard. I still don't know how she did that, though honestly, I'm pretty sure she's done it about a thousand times. She understood. Her approach, her part in it, is a crucial element to the outcome. Parents. Your actions determine their character. Not the preacher's sermons, not the Bible class teacher's trivia questions, not the lectures you give them. Your actions, the way you live 
and prioritize your life. It will shape your children beyond any other factor. Young people, your parents are responding to your conduct. When you are honorable and kind, when you do something nice for them, it's all they've ever wanted, probably, and it softens them instantly, changes the equation. I love math. Changing the equation by one variable. You can do that. That variable is you. So when I started taking responsibility for my side of every conversation and seeing if changes I make could change them, oh, I was all in after that. There's really no limit to how much that can help. And then lastly, I'll wrap up with this. Remember, the first thing is my faithfulness leading to theirs. My responsibility in conversations leading to their reaction. And thirdly, personal ownership. Or penitence may be a better word. Everybody makes mistakes. I do. I make a lot of them. I really like it when other people admit their mistakes. I like it when they say, I was wrong about that and you were right. You probably like that too. And wouldn't it be great in your family if everybody else apologized when they made a mistake? That sounds awesome. Actually, if you want to just be mad at them for a while, you may not want them to apologize right away, but eventually you'd like for them to do so. Listen, only to the extent that you are willing to take ownership for your mistakes, to admit them, confess them, apologize for them, can it ever set a tone for humility in the home? Leadership needs to understand this the most. Parents, husbands, fathers. How do you expect your teenager to take responsibility for something that he's done wrong when he has seen you make mistakes and never once sit down and admit it? One of the things I've worked hardest on is confessing my mistakes to my family. First of all, confessing my sins to God. That's a start. You have to start there. But Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, as we close, is so great. And it applies to every person in every family. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. And that's what we need in our homes, more compassion. It starts with me, or can I say you? Your ownership and penitence that triggers a softened heart by everyone else. I really hope you find that list helpful. We love our families, and our families are important, and we just want to see them grow in Christ. I know I do, and I'm sure you do as well. This can happen if we understand the power of the family secret. That secret is you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.